So I want to thank all those who joined me uh, for uh, Sunday Circles over at our, our at the mothership, if you will. I uh, hope you enjoyed yourself at Sunday Circles. You'll hear about, more about that as the days go by. Turn in your Bible with me to 2 Timothy. Hold your place there, 2 Timothy. Everyone say 2 Timothy. I said everybody say 2 Timothy. There you go. Uh, hey, let me give you three words. We've been, I've been hammering you with these three words that there's the, the call and the mandate of God for us as a church family this fall. As we move into the second half, we're already way into the second half of 2014. Everyone say, be involved. Got to involve yourself uh, in, in the ministry of God for your church, of, uh, of your church family. Involve yourself, uh, you know, as we talk about uh, this month and and doing spiritual battle against the powers of darkness. But the second one is invest. How many of you know we've got to be major investors in the kingdom of God? Not with just our time, but with our treasure and with our talents. And just really invest ourselves in, in, the, in this last day's harvest for His glory. And then the third one is invite. You've got your invitations, so this next week you invite someone to come and be with you. How many of you have somebody that you know needs Jesus and the ministry of the local church in their life? How many of you have somebody like that? Well, this week you can invite them. Just be bold and, and tell them we're going to feed them. They're going to get to uh, just have a great time here. Just just reach out and invite them. Did you know 80 to 85% of all the people who walk in the church doors for the first time do so through the invitation of a friend or a family member? So I want to encourage you to invite. Everyone say invite. I'm telling you, it works. It really does. How many of you, listen, how many of you, when you first started going to church, uh, you came because of the invitation or a friend or a family member? Lift your hand. There you go. Most everybody. So uh, very rarely do people just walk into the doors without some influence from someone else. So I want to encourage you in that. Uh, and so let's do that. Let's fill this house next Sunday and let's kick off the summer and the school year with a great big hallelujah uh, and, and just uh, in, engage in what God is doing for us and through us uh, in the latter half of this year. Hey, I wanted to throw this out to you. Uh, I don't have my bulletin. It's a couple of, couple of Mondays and Tuesdays from now. We'll be filming some more encouraged television broadcasts. If you want to get involved in our new fledgling TV ministry, I would encourage you to be here at 6 o'clock, I think they are. Look in the bulletin, get involved. We'd love to have you. You can become a cameraman or woman. You don't have to, you can be a teenager. You can, uh, you can become, you can learn how to edit with uh, Ike. Uh, in fact, we may have a class editing with Ike. That'd be awesome. He's our editor. He takes all our, our, our footage and puts it together in these programs. And then uh, as, a, as a result of this month and, and our uh, return to filming and so on and so forth, we're going to begin the process in the days and weeks ahead to live stream our morning, uh, not necessarily worship, but our messages. And so you'll be able, if you're on vacation or you're uh, sick, not if you're just skipping. We don't allow skippers to just skip. And, uh, you know, so uh, you'll be able to tune in and stay in, in, in tune with what God is saying here at Church on the Rock North, no matter where you are in the world. And so that'll be awesome. So a lot of great things going on. We continue talking about awakening the warrior within us. And there is a warrior on the inside of all of us. And uh, as Mestia so wonderfully said on Wednesday nights, we're teaching the Word. And, and our, our focus on Wednesday night uh, is kind of in concert with our Sunday morning emphasis. We're talking about famous Old Testament warrior 
one-liners, that's with a W-O-N, one-liners, and the life lessons within them. I'll give you this Wednesday's one-liner. It's God's word to someone. I'm not going to let it all out. It says this, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover it all. That's the famous one-liner. And if you don't know that one-liner, then it's not so famous to you. And you can come tonight, and it can be, or Wednesday night, and it will become famous in your life. And that truth and that principle, the life lessons you'll learn from that victory over an enemy in the Old Testament. So that's this Wednesday night. So with that in mind, are you in this, are you at Second Timothy? Okay, just hold your place there. Let me give you a scripture that we talked, we gave you a few weeks ago. It's Joel chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. This is kind of the theme for us today. It's proclaim this among the nations. Prepare for war. Everyone say prepare for war. Wake up the mighty men. Everybody say wake up the mighty men. And all the women say wake up the mighty women. Amen. Everybody, just say wake up. Everybody wake up. Not just, everybody wake up. Uh, wake them up. In other words, and get them engaged spiritually. Let all the men, and, and I'll throw this, ladies, I'll help you. Let all the men and women of war, let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say what? Let the weak say what? Now, this is an end time passage, and you need to know we're living in the end times. Oh, my goodness. Everybody say OMG. Have you been watching the news? There is, uh, did you know our brothers and sisters in Christ are being persecuted and martyred, uh, not just in Iraq, but really all over the world now. And so we are living in the last days. And this is a prophetic insight into the last days. And the, and the overarching message is this, the last days message, I gave it to you. And it is this, the responsibility of the church is to partner with God's last day's prophetic purposes and go to war against the spiritual forces of wickedness for the sake of the family of faith and her future harvest. How many of you know there's a future harvest at stake? And today at the conclusion of this service today, we're going to pray for people that we know need Jesus in their life. We're going to begin to target them this morning. I want you to begin to think of someone that really you may be burdened about. And at the close of this service, we're going to stand together and we're going to begin to go to war for the souls of men. Go to war for the families. Go to war for our brothers and sisters at the place of prayer. And so that's what the theme of, of God is for the church in these last days, is that is to wage the war against the principalities and powers and spiritual forces of wickedness and bring forth the harvest of God for His glory. Now, I gave you a warning. Everybody say warning. Here's the warning. If we refuse to involve, there's ourselves, there's that word again. If we refuse to involve ourselves in the exercise of spiritual warfare, our defeat is certain, our future is forfeited, and the harvest of God is sorely limited. You need to take this warning to heart. We need to take, I as your pastor, I need to take this warning to heart. If we, if we just refuse to get involved and say, you know, well, I, I don't know about this spiritual warfare stuff. I don't want to rock the boat. Listen, uh, if you don't rock the boat, somebody's going to rock your boat. And he, and, and he has not your best interest at, at heart. In fact, the Bible says the thief, that is the devil, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Just because you don't want to be involved does not mean he won't involve himself in your life. So if we refuse to involve ourselves in the exercise of spiritual warfare, 
our defeat is certain, our future is forfeited, and the harvest of God is sorely limited. And so God's looking to us. Look at your neighbors. God's looking for us to get involved. Amen? He really is. And then I gave you, this came to me one morning as I was preparing to preach for you a couple of Wednesdays. This is our posture. As I woke up one morning, this thought came to mind, and here it is. A defensive posture alone will not win the war for the souls of men. We must storm the gates of hell with a bold offensive against the spiritual forces of wickedness. I want us all to read this out loud and proud together. This should be our posture. Most people live the life, live life on the defense. They're just trying to, you know, you know, shield themselves from the blows of the enemy and just be defensive. How many of you know you've got to be offensive? Not, not, not rude, crude, and sociably unfittable, but you've got to get on the offense when it comes to this spiritual warfare. So let's all read it together out loud. Here we go, our posture. A defensive posture alone will not win the war for the souls of men. We must storm the gates of hell with a bold offensive against the spiritual forces of wickedness. And everybody said, amen. Are you still in 2 Timothy? Look in chapter 2. Now last week I briefly mentioned these four thoughts that I'm going to share with you today. And I want you, as I went through them, I went, I've got to come back to this. This is more, I shouldn't have just went over, I should have, in fact, I probably should have preached this last week. Uh, But hey, I'm going to come back. I I know when I made a mistake, I'm going to come back and kind of reveal them to you in a little better way. I'll call it four warrior wake-up facts from 2 Timothy 1 through 4. Four warrior wake-up facts. Everybody say, wake up. Four warrior wake-up facts. And here they are. As I read this, I'll introduce them to you when I'm done. Chapter 2, verse 1. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Let me read the last, verse 3 and 4 again. You therefore must endure hardship. Everyone say endure. You must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged. Everyone say engaged. No one engaged in warfare entangles. Everyone say entangles. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him. Everyone say enlisted. Who enlisted him as a soldier. Father, thank you for the word of God. Lord, let us wake up to some facts today about the call of God on our life to go to war for you in these last days. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. There they are. I gave them to you. Let me give them to you in a little different order. The first one that I see from this passage of Scripture that all of us need to embrace and wake up to. How many of you know there are some things in life that you just got to wake up to? You just realize, you ever met anybody who are just just out of tune and out of sync with what's really going on in the world? Wake up, you know. Hey, wake up. You got to get in tune with what's going on. That's what I want you to see and kind of get the feel for this morning as we were talking about awakening the warrior within us. The first one is this. We must wake up to the fact that we have been enlisted in this army called the army of God. We have been enlisted. Now, 
When I was a little boy, and I say thankfully this changed before I got became a senior in high school. They uh, drafted you. Anybody here ever get drafted into the military? That was that was before most of our time. My brother uh, almost got drafted, but he had flat feet and he didn't have to go to Vietnam. Uh, But uh, he he got out by the flat feet of his chinny chin chin or whatever. But hey, when you give your life to Christ. You got to realize something. When you said yes to Jesus, you enlisted and you signed up for some things that you may or may not have realized. Verse 4 says that we may please him who enlisted us as a soldier. Now, we've been enlisted into this spiritual warfare. In fact, look in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 9. Paul says this to Timothy. He says he saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. What's he saying there? We've been enlisted. We have a calling. We have a purpose because of who Christ is and because of what he's done for us. Listen, uh, in fact, that word enlisted means he has chosen. He has chosen you. Everybody say, I've been chosen. He chose you to be a part of this spiritual battle that we're all uh, in the middle of right now. You've been chosen by God. Most of us think, well, I've been chosen to go to heaven. Yes, God chose you, and then you, you, you embrace the truth that he chose you, that he loves you, and you accepted him as your Lord and Savior. And most think, well, I've been chosen to go to heaven. Well, let me tell you, that's true. But before you get there, you need to storm the gates of hell for the souls of men. Amen? We gotta, we gotta pull some people out of the fire. Come on now. That's why we're still here. We've gotta storm the gates of hell and be victorious over the principalities and the powers and the spiritual forces of wickedness. I thank God for my mom who's in heaven today. She's, she's finally tasted her heavenly reward and she's got a reward coming because she knelt down with me one day and, and, and we prayed together and she, I invited my, uh, Jesus Christ into my heart because of the influence of my mom who Ward for me, if you will, at the place of prayer. There are people in your life that God wants to impact their life, but you've got to stand in the gap for them and do spiritual warfare and break down the spiritual forces of wickedness that have been erected around them and bring forth a great victory in their behalf. How many of you know God's capable of doing that if we'll just get engaged with what he's doing, amen? So we've been enlisted. And God wants us to storm the gates of hell. Listen, whether you realize it or not, when we gave our lives to Christ, we willingly volunteered to be soldiers in this global war for the souls of men. We willingly volunteered. You may not, well, I didn't read the fine print. Well, whether you read the fine print or not, listen, God's got us here, (coughs) pardon me, and, and we have a job to do, and we've been enlisted. Everyone say, I've been enlisted. In fact, if you go back to 1 Timothy chapter 1, you'll discover that God commanded, pardon me, Paul commanded Timothy to fight the fight. Paul was an example and a role model as you look in those verses there. But Timothy, he told his son in the faith, Timothy, he said, fight the good fight. Everyone say, fight the good fight. Fight the good fight of what? Of faith. How many of you know... uh, a good fight is one what? That you win. Anybody ever got the tar beat out of you and said, Whoa, that was a great fight. Man, I enjoyed that. No, 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 no. 
Any, any former pugilists in the audience? Any pugilistic people? Any people just, they just want to punch somebody? Let me just throw this out. Let's be honest. Kent Lion Church. How many of you, to this last week, though you didn't, something in you just wanted to slap somebody? Okay, everybody wants to. <laughs> the spirit of slap came on you. Uh, all right. It happens to me every once in a while. The spirit of slap comes on me, and I have to rebuke that in the name of the Lord. Amen. But we all have a little warrior on the inside of us. We've just got to channel our inner warrior, if you will, to realize, hey, our warfare is not carnal. It's not fleshly, but it's mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And Paul commanded his son in the faith, Timothy. He said in 1 Timothy chapter 1, he said, fight the good fight. Fight the good fight of faith. Get engaged in what God is doing. So the first thought is we've been enlisted. In fact, he said in verse 18, he said, this charge... I commit to you this charge I commit to you. In other words, it's the command of God. You see, it's not optional. Listen, understand this. Spiritual warfare, once you've been enlisted, is not optional. You can't just say, no, 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 no. I just want to run the PowerPoint. <laughs> I just want to pass the buckets. No, 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 Lord. I, I, I just want to teach in children's church. I, I don't want to get involved. Hey, we, it's not optional. We've got a war going on, and, and it's all hands on deck. Amen. Look at your neighbor say, you've been enlisted. Amen. The second thought that I see this morning that we need to embrace, that we need to awaken to, is not only the realization that we've been enlisted, but number two, we've got to wake up to the fact that we must be engaged. We must be involved. You can use all the words you want. That word engage, verse 4, it says this. No one engaged in warfare. That word engage means to serve in a military campaign. No one involved in serving in a military campaign can entangle himself in the affairs of this life. In other words, we've got to be engaged. Also, another word, another kind of thought for this word engage means to contend with the carnal. To do battle with the carnal things. But how many of you know, we're not battling carnal things with carnal things. We're battle. The weapons of our warfare are not, read 2 Timothy, pardon me, 2 Corinthians 10, 1 through 5. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not natural. They're not fleshly. But they're mighty through God. Everyone say mighty through God. And we'll talk more about those. But in other words, you don't fight flesh with flesh. It's not a carnal battle. It's a spiritual battle. But we wage war with the carnal things, the natural things of this life through the warfare of the Spirit. And so he says this, no one engaged. We've got to be engaged. Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, chapter 12, he said, fight the good fight of faith. In other words, you've got to get engaged in the battle that God has for you. In fact, he says this, I love this. He says this in chapter 4, pardon me, ch verse 4, chapter 2. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this line that he may please him, that is God, who enlisted him as a soldier. How many of you want to be pleasing to God? I said, how many of you want to be, come on, everybody, just fake it, lift your hand. Oh, okay, I want to be pleasing to God. Well, hey, if you've been enlisted, you've got to be engaged if you want to be pleasing to God. Now, that Greek word, therefore, pleasing to God, I love it. It means to emotionally excite and stir up. To emotionally excite and stir up. 
No one engaged in warfare or in this battle entangles himself with the affairs of this life. We'll talk about that in a moment. That he may emotionally excite and stir up the one who enlisted him. Get the picture. God gets excited when you get engaged. God gets stirred up. Hey, I said God, most people want God to stir them up. Hey, I want to stir God up. Some of you come to God, come to church. Oh Lord, touch me. Touch me, Lord. It, you know, stir me up, Lord. Stir me, Lord. Set me up. You know, and it's all about me. It's all about me. Listen, from what I'm reading right here, if you get engaged in the warfare, God gets stirred up in your behalf. How many won't God get excited about what's going on in your world? How many of you know when you step out on the battlefield of life, you want him excited that you're in the fray because he's with you all the way. In fact, we got that guy on the inside of us. Remember, I read this to you. This is another verse that I want you to see. I read it last week, I think, in the week before. Isaiah 42 13 the Lord shall go forth like a mighty man he shall stir up his zeal like a man of war he'll cry out yes he'll shout aloud he shall prevail against his enemies God gets stirred up when you get engaged he gets excited when you get engaged in the things of God especially the spiritual warfare of pulling down strongholds and taking on the spiritual enemies and even the flesh and blood with spiritual warfare. Amen. God gets excited. He gets all worked up when you choose to get engaged in the fray and get in the middle of the fight. Amen. We got to wake up to the fact that we must engage. I've actually talked to parents about kids and teenagers, and it's like they've released them to their own devices and say, you know, I get to talk in this, and they say, well, you know, they're, they're, they're teenagers. they they got to make their own choices. And I'm going, man, that sounds like you have given up. Come on now. Well, you know, you this world we live in, and oh, man, it's just the way things are. And all the pressures of life that they have. You just, okay. Hello. Where's the warrior? Wake up. Somebody say, wake up. Touch your neighbor and say, wake up, wake up, wake up. There's a battle going on. you got to be engaged. I, I, you know, I, I pick on Robert because he's the guy that I know has been engaged in warfare. He's a helicopter pilot in Afghanistan, right? Right. And he's just got a book out. I'm going to read his book. And man, let me just, I, now I'm just, this is not planned. In the heat of the battle, flying your helicopter. I just, oh man. It just thrills me to think about it until I actually get there. You weren't checking Facebook, were you? I didn't think so. In the heat of the battle, you weren't playing crossword puzzles. Oh, no, 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 no. You weren't distracted by the thing. I mean, when, you're, when you realize there is a battle going on for the souls of men, and pardon me, I see parents, fathers, mothers, where their, their kids are going through hell, they're going through, and they just, they're just disengaged from the reality that God has you there to war in their behalf, to bring forth a great victory in the middle of this thing called spiritual warfare. Let God get stirred up in your behalf, because I'm telling you, He gets excited when you get engaged in the fray, amen? 
We've got to wake up to the fact that we've been enlisted. We've got to wake up to the fact that we must be engaged in this thing called spiritual warfare. That we may please Him who enlisted us. That we may get Him stirred up to go to battle in our behalf. How many of you know He'll fight for you? Amen. Somebody say, He'll fight for you. Tell three people, He'll fight for you. He'll fight for you. He'll fight. you got to get in the middle and He'll go to work. He'll get stirred up and He'll go to work in your behalf. Amen. We must be engaged. Number three, as we see in this passage in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, we must wake up to the fact that we must endure. Everyone say endure. Look what he says. He says this. He said in verse 3, you therefore must endure. Somebody say endure. You must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. It's not you might have to, you must endure. Listen, life on planet Earth, on on, on our best day, has pressure points in life. In fact, that word endure means to stay when pressure comes. To stay when problems come. Most people are trying to bail out. Most people are trying to, uh, uh, you know, exit stage right. Most people don't want to get involved. They don't want to have to go through the issues of life. But hey, as a good soldier, you can't bail out. You can't quit in the middle of the fray, in the middle of the warfare in these last times. And I, I've, I meet people a lot who they just, they just want to check out. In fact, let me just say, I heard this this morning when I was praying and when I was preparing. And it was this, that there are people going to be here today. This may be you, that you, in your mind and in your heart, you're, you're on the verge of just giving up on your walk with God and just giving up on this thing called spiritual uh, uh, growth and maturity because you got pressures in life. You got circumstances and situations. You got problems. Let me just throw this out to you. Let me just kind of go for the swing for the fences. Is there anybody here ever not had a problem or a pressure point in your life? Anybody ever not had a problem? You never had a problem? You never had a pressure point? Oh. Come on. Anybody. Surely there's somebody who's never had a problem or never had a a pressure point in life. Anybody here ever had a problem and a pressure Well, looky there. You're not alone. We've all been there. And we've got to endure, not just survive, but thrive. Endure. Hey, just because I got pressure doesn't mean I'm getting out of the battle. That means I'm going to heat it up a little bit. Listen. I don't want to get too deep in illustrations here, but man, pressure, you study pressure geologically, it'll turn an old lump of coal into a diamond someday. The pressures of life. And listen, spiritual warfare, there's pressure points in life. People get under pressure. And under the problems of this life, listen, it's just part of the part of life. And I came to tell you, you can't quit. You don't don't need to back up. You've got to endure. Paul said in 2 Timothy 4, he said, I endured all things. Look in 2 Timothy, uh, 
uh, chapter 4, verse 3 through 5, look what he told Timothy. He said, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who judged the living and the dead and is appearing appearing and his kingdom preach the word be ready in season and out of season convince rebuke exhort with all long suffering for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine but according to their own desires because they have itching ears they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables look in verse 5 but you be watchful in all things and endure affliction somebody say afflictions listen we have been insulated by and large from the afflictions of this life. You think, well, pastor, you haven't been in my shoes. Hey, move to a rock and become a Holy Ghost Spirit-filled Christian. I have literally seen with my eyes the afflictions of the righteous who said, no, I'm not going to denounce my Christian faith. They lose their life, lose their head. Come on. How many of you know your problems aren't near as big as they they were when you walked in the door? Think about it. Paul told Timothy, endure the afflictions of this life. In fact, Jesus said this. He made a promise. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. How many of you know the end of the story is we win? We just have to endure. Let me, hey, let me just give you some enduring directives. I'm not going to go to these passages, but I'm going to throw them out to you because when you look at these two letters, you'll discover that Paul is telling his son in the faith, Timothy, you've got to endure. Chapter 2 from chapter, pardon me, from 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 13, hold fast. Everybody say, hold fast. He said, hold fast the pattern of sound words. Chapter 2, verse 1, be strong. Everyone say, hold fast. Everyone say, be strong. Chapter 2, verse 15, be diligent. Everybody say, be diligent. Chapter 3, verse 1, know this. Everyone say, know this. In other words, there's some truths, some things you need to know. That'll help you endure. Here's another one. Verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 5, be watchful. Everyone say, be watchful. In other words, hey, all throughout this book, all throughout these two letters, he's telling his son in the, Tim- son in the faith, Timothy, hey, you've got to endure some things. And it's not all, you know, candy and, and, and apple pie and, and Chevrolet. Hey, there's afflictions, there's issues, there's troubles, there's pro- problems, there's pressure. You can't bail out in the middle of all this. You've got to endure. We've got to wake up to that reality and realize that in the middle of the fray, you got to stand strong. you got to stay strong. Let me just tell you, pressure and problems have a way of following you wherever you go. Now, this is not a rule. This is just a general rule of thumb. How many of you have ever tried to get out of an issue by changing something in your world? Well, I'm just... I'm getting a new job. Or worse, I'm getting a new man. Or I'm getting a new woman. How many of you know those problems tend to follow you wherever you go? Those pressures tend to follow you wherever you go. So the best thing to do is to stand strong and be a warrior in the middle of the pressure, in the middle of the problem, and, and, and endure these things and come through on the other side with a great victory under your belt. Amen? We've got to wake up to the fact that we must endure. And finally, number four, we've got to wake up to the fact 
that we cannot be entangled in the affairs of this life. Look what it says in verse 4. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Now, this just seems emphatic. No one who's engaged in warfare can get tangled up in the affairs of this life. How many of you know there's a lot of things in this life that'll get you tangled up? Not necessarily sin and sorrow. How many of you know life can get all confusing? The busyness of life can entangle you. And what Paul is looking for in Timothy is someone who can live life but not let and, and, and serve God in the middle of life, but not let life get you all tangled up and distracted and undone in the middle of the warfare. This room here has people in it who, let me just be honest, could I be honest? I'm 58, I can't get any younger. I'm just getting older and more cranky by the second. You ask my wife, she knows. There are people in this room that the world has tangled you up in your head and you are disengaged from the army and the, and the warfare that's going on all around you. You wake up every morning like this. Worrying about this and worrying about that. And all tangled up in your head and in your heart and your emotions are just running rampant and issues, this and that, fear and doubt and frustration and trauma and trap. You just, oh, you're all, hey, life has got you all tangled up. And if you're going to be victorious, you can't lie, let life tangle you up. Hey, listen, my Bible says Jesus came that I might have life. And have it more abundantly. My life is found in him. Not in the, what does Jesus say? He said, life does not consist in the abundance of things that we possess. We get so tangled up in the natural that we are no good when it comes to the spiritual things of life. And he says, Paul just makes it declare, nobody who's engaged is entangled. In other words, here's my, hey, let's just turn it around. If you're all tangled up, you are disengaged from the things of, of God and the spiritual warfare going on around you. We've got to wake up. Somebody say, wake up. In fact, let me just tell you, I told you how my daddy wakes me up ever, or used to wake me up when I was a kid. Let me just, you know, we might need to be bold with our friends and family who are just kind of stumbling around and all tangled up and just, hey, if you just take this, listen, here's what the Bible says right here. You can tell them this this week. Yeah, that no one engaged in spiritual warfare is, all is tangled up in the affairs of this life. For me, let me just tell you, friend, you look all tangled up. You got things backwards and you're in trouble. The devil's using you like dog meat. You need to understand, you got to get all un Tangled and get engaged in what's really going on in the world around you. Amen. We can't be tangled up. In fact, read both letters. This, the, these two letters, First Timothy one and and Second Timothy. Pardon me, First and Second Timothy. Gosh, they're both letters are chock full of this theme. They're just chock full from the beginning to the end. Just read through there. Let me, let me just throw some out because we're just about done. Let me go back to 1 Timothy. Look in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Don't give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which cause disputes rather than godly edification, which is in faith. What's he saying there? Don't get all tangled up in that. 
He just keeps going. Chapter 3, really all of chapter 3, uh, really the, for at least the first 13 verses is qualifications for leadership. And, and, and when you read through that in 1 Timothy chapter 3, what he's saying, don't get all tangled up in these things of the world. Don't get all greedy. Don't get, you know, stay out of the flesh. Stay spiritual. Don't get tangled up. Everybody say, don't get tangled up in that. Have you ever told anybody that? Don't you? I would not get in. Mm-mm-mm. If you do, uh, I see our counselor going, yeah, she said about a thousand times, there's some things you just don't do. Anybody ever said, I'll never do that, and then you went off and did it? (laughs) Mom and daddy going, don't do that. Well, I just got to see if it hurts when I stick my finger in this sock. Ah, it did hurt. Mama was right. And then we come along and say, I told you so. No, we don't. Listen, Paul tells his son in the faith, Timothy, don't get tangled up in that. Don't get tangled up in that. Chapter 4, verse 7, reject profane and old wives' fables and and exercise yourself towards godliness. Chapter 6, Verse, this is First Timothy, chapter 6, verse 3. He says, if anyone teaches otherwise and does not con, uh, consent to wholesome words, in the word, uh, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words from which come envy, strife, reveling, evil, suspicion, useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of great gain from such withdrawal. Draw yourself. Don't get tangled up in that kind of stuff. Because no one engaged in spiritual warfare entangles himself up in the affairs of this life. We live life under the governance of God. But when life becomes Lord, we get all tangled up. We've got to keep Jesus as Lord of our life. And on and on. I wish I just had time. You just go through these two letters and you'll see it's just chock full. Don't get tangled up in that. Don't get tangled up in that. Don't get tangled up in that. Don't do that. I'd be careful. Uh, 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 uh. Why? Because once you get tangled up, you're useless in the spiritual warfare. Because you're all tangled up. Let me close with a thought. Here it is. It's about not being entangled. Here it is. It's possible to be entangled in the affairs of this life without being immoral or unrighteous. The devil doesn't care if you don't smoke, chew, or go with the girls that do. He just doesn't want you waging war against him for the souls of men. Did you get that? It's possible to be a good Christian. I don't smoke, chew, or go with the girls that do. And to still be tangled up in the affairs of this life. Hey, the devil doesn't care if you don't smoke, chew, or go with girls that do. He doesn't care if you go to church. He just doesn't want you waging war for the souls of men, women, children, and teenagers. And it's time we go to battle for them. It's time we go to war for our children, for our brothers, our sisters. 
Stand up and get engaged in the warfare that God's called us to be in. Get God all excited and stirred up in behalf of your friends and family. Just a few moments ago, I asked you if there was anyone in your life that you know they need Jesus in their life in a greater way. They need the influence of the local church in their life. You see, we war for the saints and we war for the future saints just a moment we're going to stand and sing one simple chorus you've got somebody in your heart that you know they need deliverance in their life they need victory in their life you know God's laid them on your heart to war in their behalf just like my mom warred for me and in some ways how we warred for our children You know, our children are grown now. They all serve God. Two or three are here. Nathan's serving the Lord at his church home in Dallas. Two of the three are married. We're praying for Nate. The Walker family name is in serious jeopardy. If you got any potential, just send, email me their pictures. I'll be happy to pass them through his intense filtration system. They're all serving God. And I look back and I guess Beverly and I, we warred for them. And I, they didn't all, hey, it wasn't all easy. They can tell you it wasn't all easy. And now they're warring for their kids. How many of you got somebody in your life that needs somebody to go to, go to battle for them? Let's stand together. You got somebody you, you, you want to engage in spiritual warfare in their behalf. I want you to come to this altar right now. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna gear it up right now. We're going to gear it up right now. Amen. Let's just sing a simple worship chorus as they come. Somebody you want to go to fight, go to battle for. Amen. As you're coming, let's sing one simple chorus, Kelly, and then we'll pray together. Father, thank you for the spiritual warfare, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. If there's somebody you need to go to battle for, come on, bring, bring them to the altar with you in the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. He's the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. off their mind and off their life. Listen, some of you have to realize this is not a physical battle. It's a spiritual one. I'm binding the enemy off their life right now. I take authority over every demon, devil, and hell. Listen, you have authority over the powers of darkness. 
Come on, parents, wake up and realize God gave you authority over the spiritual forces of wickedness, over your children's life that are trying to steal, kill, and destroy them. Your brothers, your sisters, your workmates, your associates, your schoolmates, the people that you're involved with. Lord, we bind the devil off of their life, off of their mind. We stand in the gap and we rebuke the enemy. Can you pray that kind of prayer right now? You just go to war right now. Say, I rebuke the devil off of their mind. I rebuke the devil out of their life. I rebuke the devil out of their family. I stand in the gap between the devil and their life and I say no more you will you will have them no more we loose them in the spirit right now in the name of Jesus we wage war against the principalities and powers we wage war against depression we wage war against alcoholism we wage war against uh, uh, immorality we wage war against unforgiveness and, and meanness and spiritual uh, wickedness in people's life we wage war in the name of Jesus we take our stand We fight in their behalf. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now I want to release you right now in your own way. Just start praying over them right now. Just start. I gave you a little helpful hint. Just start praying over them right now. Just call their name out to God. Just begin to do battle in the name of the Lord. Somebody, somebody is all strung out on something. Hey, wage war in their behalf right now. All of us were strung out on something at some point in life. Lord, we stand fast. We will not be moved. We bind every demon and devil in hell off their life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now just say, Lord, use me in their life. Use me in their life as an instrument, as a vessel to help bring liberty in their life in the name of the Lord. Before we close today, while y'all are here in this altar, and hey, spiritual bondages are being broken. I got to be obedient to the Lord. I mentioned this a few moments ago. How many of you will just let me just, just hang tough just a second? If you're here, I mentioned the fact that you felt like giving up and quitting. The frustrations of life just seemed to be a little overpowering for you. and You feel like chucking it in and throwing in the towel. If that's you and you're brave enough to lift your hand, I'm brave enough to pray for you today. If that's you, wherever you are, I want you to lift your hand and say, that's me. If you're lifting your hand, I'm going to ask you to come. Instead, there's plenty of room. I want to ask you to come from wherever you are and step right up here close to me. Come right up here. Come right on up here. Step right up here close to me. Come in close right here in the middle. Come on. Come on. Anybody else? I just feel like giving up. feel like quitting, throwing it in. Let me just say this. You're not the first person to feel that way. You're not the first person to feel that way. You're not the first person. You're not the first person. Anybody ever felt that way that's here in this altar, right? Or you felt that way? If, and, and you realize, hey, I made it through that. I want you to come and lay your hands on these behind them right now. We're going to pray the encouragement of the Lord. Somebody come and stand behind each one of these here today. I want everybody to lift your hand towards these. Hey, 
I want you to lift your hand and I feel like there's maybe one or two more that you're just, your heart's beating out of your chest and you think, oh, I don't want to miss my moment here. You come on up and we'll pray for you today. I want everybody to go to war in their behalf right now. I want you to stir up yourself like Jesus did as a man of war. Oh, Father, I thank you, Lord God, for victory. I thank you, Lord God, that in the middle of this battle, Lord, there's the family of faith holding on to them and standing with them and lifting their hands, Lord God, in the middle of this fray. And I bind every demon and devil off their life. I rebuke the things of this world off of their life that have harassed them and discouraged them and undermined your vision for their life. Ma'am, I just hear the Holy Spirit say, I'm opening your eyes to a whole new dream, a whole new vision. And just in the, in the darkest moment of your life, God is lifting you to another level today. Be not discouraged. Be encouraged in the Lord your God today. In the name of Jesus, we do warfare. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you for victory today over everyone. We thank you, Lord, for a fresh, fresh dream and a fresh vision. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Dear, I just hear two words. You've said it uh, just some way or another all your life. I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. God says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. He can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Somewhere, some way, a stronghold in your mind just says, I can't, I can't do this, I can't do that. God says, I'm breaking that off of you and a whole new re- revelation truth is coming into your life. The Bible says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you today. Be strengthened in the Lord your God. And we thank you for hope and health and healing today. In the name of Jesus, for the glory of God, we give you all the glory and all the praise. We thank you for a fresh hope. Let's give the Lord of glory a great big hallelujah today. Give it, Come on, give him some praise. My Bible says Jesus was shout like a man of war. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Everybody said amen. Let me just say, I think Jesus gets more fired up about spiritual warfare than we do. It's time we get fired up. Stir ourselves up like men and women of war and say, hey, I'm not taking it anymore. I'm fighting back. Amen. Everybody smile. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. You can smile because I read the end of the book. We win. If we fight, we win. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our what? Faith. Everybody say, I have faith in God. Amen. God bless you.